Chapter Twenty Four of the Purple Flame by Roy J. Snell. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Lynn Thompson. Chapter Twenty Four. Camp Followers. It was just as Marian was tightening the ropes to the pack on her sled that, happening to glance away at a distant hill, she was reminded of Patsy's latest story of the purple flame. From the crest of that hill there came a purple flare of light. Quickly as it had come, just so quickly it vanished, leaving the hill a faint outline against the sky. The purple flame, she breathed. I wonder if we can leave those mysterious camp followers of ours behind. On the instant, a disturbing thought flashed through her mind. It caused an indignant flash of color to rise to her cheeks. I wonder, she said slowly, if those mysterious people are spies set by Bill Scarberry to dog our tracks. They may start with us, she smiled to herself, as she at last dismissed the subject from her mind, but unless they really are Bill Scarberry's spies and set to watch us, they'll never finish with us. Camp followers don't follow over five hundred miles of wild trail. They're not that fond of hard marching. In this conclusion, she was partly wrong. Just as the sun was painting the distant mountain peaks with a gleam of gold, the collies began to bark and the broad herd of reindeer moved slowly forward. Marion and Patsy touched their deer gently with the reins, and they were away. It was with a distinct feeling of homesickness that Marion turned to look back at the campsite. She had spent many happy hours there. Now she was leaving it, perhaps forever. What was more, she was leaving the tundra, the broad stretching deer pastures of the arctics should their enterprise succeed she would pass over one of the canadian trails southward to the states and back to the university should they fail she might indeed return to the tundra but she knew it could never be the same to her we must not fail she told herself clenching her hands tight and staring away at the magnificent panorama which lay before her we must not must not fail as she saw the reindeer a mass of brown and white moving down the slope a feeling of sadness swept over her she had come to love these gentle and half wild creatures of the north she was especially fond of the sled deer her three the spotted one the brown one and the white many hundred miles she had driven them nowhere in the world she was sure could there be deer who covered more miles in a day who were quicker to recognize the pull of rain more willing to stomp the tiresome nights away at the end of their tethers dearest of all were the three collie dogs gold copper and bronze she whimsically named them for their coats were just what their names indicated copper and bronze were young dogs gold was the pick of the three an old well-trained sheepdog accustomed to the sunny pastures of california he had been brought to this cold and barren land to herd reindeer with the sturdy devotion of his kind, he had endured the biting cold without a whimper, and had gnawed his toes, cut by the crusted snow, in silence. He had done the work assigned to him with a zeal and thoroughness that might have shamed many a human master. These two I must leave, she told herself. Worse than that, I am leading them out into wild desert. Within a week that beautiful herd may be hopelessly scattered. Our sled deers killed by wolves our dogs well anyway they will never desert us together we will fight it out to the bitter end 
a lump came into her throat then realizing that she was the commander of this expedition and that it was unbecoming of commanders to betray emotion she quickly conquered her feelings and gave herself over to the work of assisting in keeping the herb moving steadily forward in a compact mass five days later with their herd still moving steadily on before them and with hopes rising high because of the continued success of their march they found themselves crossing a succession of low-lying grass-covered hills as they reached the crest of the highest of these and arrived at a place where they could get an unrestricted view of the tundra that lay beyond an exclamation escaped marian's lips a forest she exclaimed a real arctic forest echoed patsy won't it be wonderful wonderful and dangerous marian replied unless i miss my guess here is where our troubles begin it may not be so bad though she quickly amended as she saw the look of fear that came over her cousin's face that forest is fully ten miles away the sun is about to set we'll drive our herd down into the tundra where there is plenty of moss we'll camp there and get up for an early start in the morning the forest may be only a narrow belt along a river marian did not feel very sure that her predictions would prove true but she was the sort of person who measures all perils carefully then hopes for the best two hours later they were eating a meal of reindeer stew and hot biscuits which had been cooked over the willow wood fire in their yukon stove then as they chatted of the future marian held up a finger for silence what was that she whispered a shot i didn't yes yes there's another marian was up and out of the tent in an instant as her eyes swept the horizon they caught a gleam of light from the hills above the red and yellow light of a campfire with one sweeping glance she took in the position of her herd she had just noted that a certain brown deer had strayed some distance up the hill she was about to suggest to terogluna who had also been called from his tent by the shots that he send a dog after the deer when to her great astonishment she caught a flash of light heard a sharp report then saw the brown deer crumple up like an empty sack and drop to the snow for one instant she stood there as if in a trance then with a quick turn she said patsy you stay with attatak terogluna you come with me turning she walked straight toward the spot where the reindeer had fallen the faithful terogluna in spite of his fear of the indians of the little sticks followed at her heels when they arrived at the spot they found a man bending over the dead deer in his hands was the rifle that had sped the bullet the soft-soled mucklucks that marian and terogluna wore made no sound on the snow the man's back was towards them and they came upon him unobserved the powerful terogluna would have leaped upon his back and thrown him to the snow but marian held him back stranger said the girl in as steady a voice as she could why did you kill our deer like a flash the man gripped his rifle as he wheeled about then seeing it was a girl who spoke he lowered his weapon marian's eyes took him in with one feeling glance his face was haggard emaciated his hands were mere skin and bones he was an indian too hungry he murmured no come caribou no come ptarmigan no fish in the river no rabbits on the tundra he spread out his bony hands in a gesture of despair 
but you needn't have killed him had you come to us we would have given you meat all you could use the girl's face was frank and fearless yet there was a certain huskiness in her voice that to the sensitive ears of the indian betokened kindness yes he said slowly maybe you would yesterday we saw other reindeer herd north maybe ten miles want deer ask man big man much whiskers say want food man said get out want to kill me if i not go quick bad man that one we go away then see your herd say take one deer you want to fight then fight better to die by bullet than by hunger the man you saw said marian her heart sinking as she realized that he must be a half day in the lead was bill scarberry yes he is a mean man but see have you a cache some place where you can keep meat from the wolves and wolverines yes yes exclaimed the indian eagerly ten miles diesa river a cabin how many deer must you have to keep you until game comes maybe maybe the indian stared at her in astonishment maybe two maybe three all right said marian you have killed a fine doe that was bad but i forgive you she held out her hand to grasp the native's bony fingers now she said briskly since you have killed her you may keep the meat terragluna she turned to the eskimo point out two young bucks the best we have tell him he may kill them and that he and his friends may take them to their cabin i i the indian attempted to speak failing utterly he turned and walked a few steps away then turning struck straight away toward the spot where the red and yellow campfire gleamed that is his camp asked marian terragluna nodded silently they will come for the meat and will give us no further trouble eh eh smiled the eskimo the daughter of my master has acted wisely the man who starves he is different these reindeer he waved his arms toward the herd they belong to my master and his daughter when men are not starving yes when men are starving no to the starving all things belong bill scarberry he remember yet indian of little sticks they never forget as marian turned to retrace her steps to camp she chanced to glance up at the other camp where but an hour before she had seen the flash of the purple flame it was closer than she thought the flash of flame was gone but she was sure she caught the outlines of a tent surer still that she saw a solitary figure atop a nearby knoll sitting as if on watch this solitary man held a rifle across his knees i wonder why he is there she said to herself i wonder why they are following us oh she breathed as she walked toward the camp it's so tantalizing that purple flame and all i have half a notion to take terragluna as i did with that indian and march right up to them and demand the meaning of their mysterious actions as if intending to turn this thought into action at once she stopped and turned about to her surprise as she looked toward the crest of the hill she saw the solitary watcher was gone oh well she sighed we have no real reason for invading their camp we've no proof that they've ever done us any harm except perhaps the time that patsy saw the blood trail and the antler marks in the snow it seems that it must have been our deer but we never could prove it glancing away at a more distant hill crest she was surprised at the picture revealed there 
the moon just rising from behind the hill threw out in bold relief the broad spreading antlers of a magnificent creature of the wilderness old omnapook said marian what do you think of that we have travelled five days and yet we are still in the company of the mysterious camp followers of the purple flame and old omnapook the caribou reindeer who has haunted the outskirts of our camp so long i suppose she said thoughtfully that i should tell terogluna to have the indians kill omnapook that would save one of our reindeers and besides if we let him live who knows but that at some critical moment he may rush in and assume the leadership of our herd and lead them to disaster or lose them to us forever i have heard of that happening with horses and cattle why not with reindeer and yet she sighed i can't quite make up my mind to do it he is such a wonderful fellow the time was to come and that was very soon when she was to rejoice because of this decision End of chapter 24